So today, we, uh, last week we had the prayers that heal from Esther, Matthews, and that was sort of a bridge between the month of prayer and the next area of healing that uh, Simon has allocated for us to look at. And today we have a brief series starting on the subject of healing. Um, many of the prayer pointers that I put in the newsletter each week are for healing. Yeah? People who are not well, friends, related relatives, we all want to feel well. And we, uh, all our friends and families we'd like to feel have good health. However, the subject of healing often raises questions, doesn't it? Which we sometimes struggle with. Questions like, should believers really be ill? Shouldn't we be whole? Why do people remain not healed after prayer? How much faith is required to receive healing, if any? What kind of faith is needed? Faith in a God who can heal? Or faith in a God who will heal? Bit of a theological one here. Is divine healing found in the atonement? <laughs> Speak to me afterwards if you want to know about that one. <laughs> what does Paul mean when he writes about gifts of healing? Clearly in the ministry in the Gospels, Jesus was a healer. We read of many individual healings. We've read of, I think it's four here, four healings and many others healed as well. Um, when Jesus came to them. It's clear the healing ministry of Jesus whilst on earth was in a different league to what we experience today. But we need to think about that further on. Rather than an attempt to answer any of the questions I've posed, the one that Simon has allocated for today is, why did Jesus heal? There are several reasons why Jesus healed, which we'll go through. But the primary purpose is to illustrate the person and mission of Jesus. The healing narratives are intended to result in the question, who is this man? Being asked closely followed by the more challenging question, is Jesus God? The first reason I believe why Jesus healed was he, the healings demonstrated his authority. Jesus is presented as having authority to heal diseases, to cast out demons, to raise people from the dead. Jesus healed whenever, whoever, and wherever he wished. In fact, he says he only did what he saw his father doing. He demonstrated his authority over Jewish law, didn't he? By healing on the Sabbath. Not just once, but on several occasions, preferring not to delay doing good and healing the sick person. He also touched the sick, despite their being ceremonially unclean, like the leper. Jesus demonstrated his supreme power over all the forces of darkness. After all, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Jesus, however, is not recorded as praying for the healing of the sick. Instead, with his authority, the sickness is often simply removed with a word or a command. When Jesus did pray on occasions when healing occurred, it was for the benefit of the listeners. If you take the raising of Lazarus, you remember he raised Lazarus, come forth, and Lazarus came forth. And Jesus then said, they took away the sto stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here 
that they may believe you sent me. Jesus is presented as being awesome in power and his healings demonstrated his authority. You'll notice that for the centurion, the reason that Jesus had the authority was like the centurion because the centurion was a man under authority. In other words, that centurion, when he said go to one of his soldiers, had the whole power of the Roman Empire behind him, right up to the top. And in the same way, Jesus' authority is there because he is under the authority of his heavenly Father. A second reason is that Jesus initiated a new kingdom. The healings of Jesus demonstrated that a new kingdom had been established. It was an era that was prophesied as being one in which the Messiah would make it possible for his followers to relate to God in a more intimate way than had been previously possible. Before, the old covenant was one in which you had to follow certain laws to have your relationship with God. But now Jesus promised to write those laws in our hearts. In healing people, Jesus reveals something of life as God originally intended it, unburdened by physical weakness. Although this is never clearly demonstrated, completely demonstrated in our earthly lives, Jesus' healings anticipate the life to come after death. We look forward to a time when there is no sickness, no pain, no crying, no death, but life eternal. Every healing of Jesus reflected the final victory over death and authenticated his message of the arrival of a new kingdom. When John the Baptist wanted to know, are you the Messiah, Jesus? He sent two of his followers off. And Jesus says, when the man came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to ask, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, illnesses and evil spirits and gave sight to many who were blind. So when he replied to the messages, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. The practical outworking of why Jesus healed is that he was pointing that he was the Messiah introducing a new kingdom. In a sense, the healings function as parables. It was important that to be seen to fulfill the Old Testament prophecies. In fact, that uh, they present those parables that Jesus as the king of the kingdom through whom comprehensive salvation was available. Jesus sent his 12 disciples out to preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand and to prove it by healing the sick. I wonder whether each time you pray, your kingdom come in the Lord's Prayer, it should remind us to pray for that kingdom to come through healing in people's lives. Third reason was actually at the end of our passage. You remember it said, Jesus healed many. He just healed Peter's mother-in-law. And uh, when she, he'd done that, Jesus had fulfilled prophecy. In order for Jesus to be accepted as Messiah, it was important to him to have been seen to have fulfilled Old Testament prophecies. Part of our Bible reading records this in Isaiah 53, 4. 
One of the main reasons that Matthew wrote his, his gospel was to persuade the Jews that the coming of Jesus' saviour, Messiah and healing were all fulfilments of Old Testament prophecy. We come on to a, another reason, and this one is that Jesus healed to show that he forgave sins. This is a bit of a tricky area, isn't it? At the time when Jesus was uh, present, there was, of course, no National Health Service. However, there were other healers who operated in the time of Jesus. None was so successful as he. But none of these healers claimed with any degree of authenticity to be able to forgive sins. The Gospel writers emphasised this aspect of Jesus' ministry by telling the stories of his ability to heal the sick. The Jews at that time had a connection between sickness and sin. That's what they thought in the Old Testament, that if you were sick, it was because you'd sinned. So when Jesus healed people who were ill, as far as those present at the time, he simultaneously proved his ability and authority to forgive sins. At the same time, when the Gospel writers described Jesus having the authority to forgive sins, they did so knowing that the ability to forgive sins was only God's ability. And that pointed them back to the, the example that Jesus was God. You remember the uh, classic example of that is the man who was lowered down through the roof on the mat. And he got down to the bottom and uh, was put in front of Jesus by his friends. Another good pointer to us to pray for our friends for healing, bring them to Jesus. And he brings that mat down and Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. What? He's come for healing. He's paralysed. Your sins are forgiven, it says. Get up and walk. And Jesus says, which is easy to say, because he's challenged about this sins are given. They, they think, well, you can't do that because you're not God. You can only do that if you're God. And he says, well, just to prove the fact, is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralysed man, I tell you, get up, take up your mat and go home. Jesus presented a new era, which he offered release from bondage, both physical and spiritual. He proved his authority to deal with sin when he dealt with illness. It's interesting to note that the man didn't ask for forgiveness, yet he was forgiven. The man didn't exercise faith, yet he was healed. Jesus had the power and the reason he healed was partly to forgive sins. Jesus never categorically associated personal sin with the cause of a person's sickness. So if you ever have anybody say to you, you must have done something wrong, then be wary, because that's not what Jesus did. He never pointed out a particular sin. They may be linked. Sometimes we do things which are not good for our bodies. They're, in a sense, sins. There is a link sometimes. But our sins can cause us to get ill, but sickness is not, definitely not, automatically due to a sin that needs to be identified and forgiven. Jesus announced the good news 
that sickness was not necessarily the result of personal sin. To those who are perceptive, the healings of Jesus provided them with the opportunity to recognise that he was more than simply a prophet doing the will of God. Instead, they had to begin to consider that possibility. Is this man God? The fourth reason... Is it faith? Fifth. <laughs> fifth reason. The fifth reason is Jesus healed because he had compassion. Last week, uh, Lynn read the verses, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. The word used there in that uh, verse and I don't know Greek, this has been uh, copied out of a Vines expository <laughs> dictionary, but it's splanknizimoi. <laughs> and what it means is that it's to be moved in your most inner being. Yeah? That's your splankna. The physical organs of the intestines, effectively. You feel it in your gut. You really have compassion deep, deep down. And that's what caused Jesus to heal. He had a feeling in his gut. He had splanknizomoi. And Jesus yearned to see people whole in their body, mind and spirit. Jesus responded to human need out of a heart full of compassion and love. When the leper said, if you're willing, make me clean, it turns out Jesus is willing. He has compassion. When a centurion tells him, Lord, my servant lies at home paralysed and in terrible suffering, Jesus' immediate response is, I will come and heal him. Jesus moves in compassion towards our needs. As soon as a sick woman touches Jesus in faith, power goes out for him and he, she is healed. I think so we need to reach out. It's interesting, isn't it, that uh, not all Jesus' healings, and probably the majority of them, didn't happen in the synagogue. They happened elsewhere. Are we prepared for that? Are we prepared to meet people elsewhere, not just in the building, praying for believers to get well, but for those we meet and face, and we have compassion on them, we love them, we offer grace. We offer prayer. I'm going to pray for people in the streets, people outside the building, because we have that heart of compassion. We really care for them. One of the most loving things we can do is to appeal to our Father to move by the Holy Spirit and bring healing and restoration. And the final reason, Jesus provided opportunities for people to believe in him. The healings were a bit like a big signpost saying, look, this is the man. This is the man who has authority. This is the man who has compassion. This is the man who is God. This is the man who has the power to forgive sins. This is the man who can heal anything. And it's a big pointer. The last reason is attention to consider who Jesus is. In fact, there are people who said, who is this man? 
This man is the mighty Christ, the Messiah. In this regard, they functioned as important catalysts for acceptance or rejection, providing people with the opportunity to trust Jesus and recognise him as more than a healer. The miracles of Jesus did not always lead to Jesus getting new followers. Sometimes they led to opposition, while on other occasions they resulted in praise being offered to God. However, they always functioned as evidence that a new kingdom was present, and that demanded a response. For John in particular, the healings were identified as signs, each providing a springboard to accept Jesus as the Son of God. The summary at the end of John's Gospel is this. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So do you want this life, which is both abundant and eternal? Jesus, come to Jesus. Do you want forgiveness and release from bondage? Come to Jesus. Do you want healing and strength? Come to Jesus. Do you want a peace that the world cannot give? As we read at the beginning of the service, come to the Lord who is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love, and find rest for your soul. Amen.